Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Right here on A3OWCCO. Good morning. Let's say hello to Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Good morning. Hey, nice to see you. And it's good to see you. We survived the Super Bowl. Yeah, we did. Life is good. Life is good. And we, uh, like we like to mention, we talk lawns and gardens 52 weeks a year. We do. We do. Because gardeners are thinking gardens 365 days a year. I bet that's true. Just the way we roll. Especially now when you, you, this is the, you know, since when? Start planning. Last September, October, you Mm -hmm. start planning for the coming spring. Our fingers are just itching to get back into the soil. Are you feeling that way? Oh, always, yeah. Really? Yeah, you're just sniffing to see if you can smell fresh air or spring yet in the air every time you walk outside. You know it's hopeless, but you keep hoping. I wonder what master gardeners or gardeners in general feel in warmer climates when they don't have to sit through months of winter. I feel sorry for them. Because they don't get the time off, they no, well, I you never know, thought about it that but, way. But they do have different, you know, it's a total different thing because their hot, hot weather is when they're not gardening. That's true. They're usually gardening when it's cooler. So Good point. They're just, you know, sitting on the on the lounges, enjoying my ties and painting their lawn green. Painting their lawn <laughs> green. I <laughs> uh, tell you what, let, let me, Teresa, give the phone number and the text number. If you have a lawn or garden question, you want to talk to the master gardener. In Teresa Rooney here, and uh, she's so great, gracious to help us out, as like Julie and Mary. I know mm-hmm. Mary's on yep. sabbatical. Yep. Uh, but uh, Teresa's here to help you. Call us, text us, 651-989-9226, or uh, send Teresa a text, 81807, 81807. Yeah, I bet you are a little antsy to get out. A little there. antsy, yep, just a little bit. But we mm-hmm. did get an... an, an uh, we needed the snow cover. We needed the snow cover. And you know, there's so much you can be doing in your garden right now, like believe what? it or not. Well, you could be looking and seeing where the hardscape is in your garden, the bones of your garden. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the windows that you are sitting at now or when you're doing the dishes or whatever and you're looking outside, you know, what are you missing out there? What would you like to see out there? You know, how does it look when there's no plants growing? You know, what do you see that the trees are are too big, too small, whatever. Do you need something added there? Do you need an arbor? So you can kind of get that going on without the disturbing um, factors of bushes and leaves and pretty flowers distracting you. And also then there's a lot of pruning you can be doing now. So it's a really good time. I know to be, we're going to get questions yep, about that. To be, to be um, you know, um, doing that that renewal pruning on your roses, not your roses, your lilacs, your dogwoods, all your fruit trees, all of those guys can be pruned right now. So it's absolutely fantastic time to prune. I have a feeling we're going to be getting those questions, yes. especially yes. tree trimming. Tree trimming. And, and the tree trimmers, they, you know, the certified arborists know exactly what to do and yep. when to do it. And it's a, really, it's a good time to trim your trees because you can see what the tree really looks like. 
and and you only want to take off a maximum of you know a 25% of the tree at any one time so if you can imagine only 25% but then you can really see those crossing branches you can really see those branches that are headed back into the canopy when they should be headed out oh. you can really see the dead stuff and and you may not realize it till you get up to it but then you can see a dead branch and and if you don't know if it's dead you just cut off the tip and if it's a little green you know that one's not dead but if it's all brown then you know that then one's you know dead it's gone. Mm-hmm. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. If it's easier, send uh, Teresa text eight one eight zero seven. Let's go to the phones. Joan is calling from Edina. Joan, you're on with Teresa. Hey, Joan. Yes. Teresa, thank you. I I don't expect you to remember this, but I called in a few months ago. I had an uh, orchid that it was pitted. All the leaves had little pits all over, okay. and no one was able to help me. Mm-hmm. And you suggested it might be a virus. Then about uh, three weeks ago, another orchid was showing black, about an inch black at the tip of the roof and beads of sticky okay. things. Mm-hmm. Well, I was doing using my Mr. Clean dishwater, and I thought it won't hurt to try it. So I washed the sticky, black sticky in the Mr. Clean water. And the, by the end of the week, the leaf was fine. Oh, that's amazing. It mm. was all gone. Wow. And I, then I washed it again the following week. And then the plant that was pitted, I thought, well, it worked for one. It's an antibacterial, and I washed it. The plant is healthy, and it now has a, a growth showing. Oh, that's wonderful. So wonderful. I, I, Mr. Clean's an antibacterial. <laughs> well, you know, and there's a lot of herbs that would work, too, you know, as antibacterials. And there's a lot of things that you can buy um, that are actually specific. Specifically formulated for um, bacterial for plants, and that's but, wonderful. I'm glad you were able to save your orchids. I just thought it might help someone else. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for your help because you diagnosed it as a virus. Excellent. Well, good. Yeah, that's okay. right. I, mm-hmm. I do remember Joan's call about mm-hmm. about that virus. Yes, we can all now sing the Mister Clean jingle. <laughs> okay, six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Al is calling from Richfield with a question. Good morning, Al. Hi, Al. Morning, Jenny. Teresa. Hi. Morning. My wife has a hibiscus plant that she bought last year, and it's got a few bugs on it. Now we got it inside, mm-hmm. and we're just. She was wondering what would be the best thing to spray that with her. Yep. Um. You probably you could be seeing um aphids. You could be seeing. Uh, there's all kinds of things. Spider mites. They love to get spider mites this time of year. In fact, most of your plants that you've brought out from brought from the outside in are really being stressed now this time of year because they're just really missing that sunshine. So inspect all those plants that you have in the house, even your regular house plants. Um, I would look, and, and it's probably spider mites or something like that. I would get a nice um, be, um, insecticidal soap, but there are some that are not okay for hibiscus, so make sure that it does say hibiscus on the on the label that you can treat it. I know there's one brand that's an insecticidal soap, but you can't use it on hibiscus. They're just a little sensitive to whatever they're using. You could also go to extension.umn.edu, and I think if you click on the garden tab, there's actually a recipe on there to make your own insecticidal soap, and it's you use a, a soap, not a detergent, um, but that's what you want to do. Or just simply give all your plants a nice shower, uh, get those leaves as clean as you possibly can, and then just keep them not stressed. And that's the way to do it. Thank you. All right, Thanks. Al. Good Thanks luck. for the call. Al leaves that line open at uh, 651-989-9226. Text. We'll get to those two eight one eight zero seven. 
Master Gardener Teresa Rooney is in studio here on CCO this uh, this morning, our Smart Garden Show. We've cleared the lines. There is a, if, there's room for your phone calls if you want to call in now uh, at 651-989-9226. You know, we tend, tend to get busy when we do a lawn and garden talk, uh, and, and today's no exception. Or send a text if that happens to be easier for you. And we'll, don't be uh, shy. We don't bite. Don't be shy. No. We, I promise. Gardeners don't do that. Gardeners don't do that. No. Text number is 81807. We've dropped to zero now in Woo-hoo. the Twin Cities. Yes, <laughs> zero. We'll, uh, we see a few clouds out there, but I do see some sunshine, at least in downtown Minneapolis. Again, CCO temperature reading at zero. We'll be right back. Uh, good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Lawn and Garden Show. We call it Smart Garden. We certainly always welcome your phone calls and text messages. Why don't you ask Master Gardener Teresa Rooney your question this morning. By phone, we have a line open if you want to fill it or send Teresa a text. And that number is 81807. Here is a text that came in earlier, Teresa. Uh, can you plant oak seedling trees and have good luck? You can. Sure. That, that would be absolutely wonderful. Um, just plant them... Um, uh, you know, not deep. You don't want to ever plant your trees deep, but certainly you can do that. Mm-hmm. Another just, te- and go ahead. No, another texture said, speaking of oak, uh, when can oak trees be trimmed and how late in the year? You can trim your oaks now. Um, I always tell people that if you're thinking about trimming any of those those trees that are susceptible to, to insect or insect vector diseases, your oaks, your elms, your um, ashes, um, apple trees, if, if a bug could be around, don't trim. There's a good idea. So sometimes even in March, you can see insects flying around. So you don't want to be, so I would, you know, stick to December, January, February for those guys. If you do have to do some pruning on any of those trees, um, you, you um, disinfect your pruner, make your pruning cut, immediately put your pruner seal or older over it, um, and then, then pr- clean your, your pruner again. And if you're really in doubt and you have some nice trees in your yard, call an arborist. Call an arborist. They're certified. They know what they're doing, yeah. and they'll give you good advice, and, and they'll look, they look long-term at your trees because trees are really a big investment in your yard. They can add thousands of dollars That's to your true. property. They can really help you with heating and cooling your Shade, home. Yes. They make your, your yard more beautiful. Um, they bring in wildlife. So you want those trees to be healthy. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, very good. Uh, we'll get back to the text uh, screen in a moment. Let's uh, see who's been calling in. Sue is calling from uh, Oak Grove. Sue, you're on with Teresa. Hi, Sue. Hi. Hi, Teresa. Hello. I have a question regarding um, cutting back hydrangeas. Mm-hmm. I have two limelight hydrangeas I planted last year, and everyone told me to cut them back in the fall. They'll grow back bigger and fuller. And I've never seen anybody cut back a hydrangea before, so I'm curious as to is this true? Mm-hmm. I would I would probably cut back in the spring. Um, I try to let most of my plants go through winter. Well, okay, I don't do much pruning. I'll be honest. Um, but <laughs> you should you should let your plants go into winter with as much of their of their their plant their their stems as possible, and then you do your trimming in the in the spring as they're coming out of dormancy. And with your limelight hydrangeas, they bloom on new and old wood, I believe, or at least I know on new wood. So you just prune those back to to where you want them, um, and and then they will put on growth. I mean, they can put on you know ten, twelve, maybe two feet of growth, ten, twelve inches, two feet of growth in the year, um, depending upon how big and healthy they are. So so you want to prune them back um, to shape and to size of your space. Um, 
and just make them look pretty. Yeah, and do go to the extension.umn.edu site. It'll give you some good tips on how to prune bushes for shaping. Very good. Good luck. Thank you, Sue. Pete is calling from Egan with a question. Pete, you're on CCO. Good morning. Hi, Pete. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. um, I've got three large spruce trees in my backyard, Mm -hmm. and I'd like to trim up the bottoms and get the branches up off the ground so I'm not running my lawnmower into them all Mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. So I'm just wondering, is this a good time for me to do that, and how much can I take that tree up? Do I need to be concerned how many branches I take off? You you do need to be concerned. Um, The needles don't um, grab as much energy as a big leaf would, um, and and so, so there is that. Um, so you don't want to take off a lot of green stuff. Uh, I would probably wait till spring to do that. Limb up only what you need to because spruces naturally have their their branches all the way to the bottom. That keeps those, they have a fibrous root system, and that keeps that root system nice and cool in the shade. So that protects the tree and doesn't let those roots dry out as quickly. So the more you limb it up, the more light and, and wind you're going to get in there, and the quicker that soil is going to dry out under there. So I would just limb up the very minimum that you need. You may even want to consider just if they're really big and beautiful and you don't really want to touch them and you love the look of them because they do look so gorgeous. Maybe just put um, some, some wood chips or something under those branches and just pull that out a little bit so you're not even coming anywhere near. So you're really making those trees be the focal point of a beautiful um, garden and rather than just the addition to your yard. And, and they can be in their own space and then you don't even have to bring the lawn more up to them. That's an option too. But just limit up the minimum that you need to. Okay, sounds Good great. Luck. Well, mm-hmm. thank you. You bet. Thanks, Pete. Pete leaves that line open, 651-989-9226. Send a text if you like, 81807. Here's a text. Rabbits ate the bottom two feet of branches on a weeping spruce planted last summer. No damage to the trunk. Will the tree heal itself and regrow lower branches or anything else uh, I should do? Um, put up fencing. Fencing is a wonderful thing for bunnies. Uh, the tree may or may not sprout branches down there. Spruces are one of those plants that actually do have some growing points. So that may activate another growing point. Um, so you may get another branch down there. The tree will seal up its cuts fine. You should not do anything to be putting anything on those cuts, anything on those. Um, if they're ragged, which they probably aren't with bunnies, bunnies have really sharp teeth and they prune at a nice 45-degree angle, um, j- then just do protect the trunk if possible because if that trunk gets destroyed, then you lose your spruce. But otherwise, they should be fine and do just protect it in the future from bunnies. Yeah. Is that hardware cloth work pretty well? Hardware cloth, chicken wire, all, both of those they will work do. for rabbits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 651-989-9226 if you want to call in your lawn and garden question or send a text, 81807. Here is another text. We have buckthorn. Oh, my. Oh, boy. Growing Sorry. In, in our one-acre backyard wetland. What is the best way to get rid of it? We go out each winter and start chainsawing the stuff down. Does putting vegetation killer on the stumps at this time of year actually help? And what about the berries that fall off that that were mm-hmm. hauling the buckthorn out of that area. The mm-hmm. berries, that's a problem. The berries, right yeah, those yeah. those seeds are, are can remain active for, you know, 20, 30, 40 years. Isn't that amazing? Years. So they, they are viable for a really long time. Um, so, so, yeah, you gotta you got to be careful where that stuff falls. Um, you may want to wrap it and pull it out on big sheets or something like that so you're not dropping vegetation in the yard. 
Um, whether or not the vegetation killer works in this cold, I don't really know. I would look at the label instructions. And if you're dealing with a wetland, you have to be really careful because there's certain things you don't want to be putting in the wetland because it can get into the water. So you have to worry about that too. Um, I definitely would go to the extension site and check up on the buckthorn uh, extension.umn.edu um, and and do keep on try not to disturb the soil um, where you've pulled up the buckthorn because as I said there's a big huge bank of seeds in there that are just waiting for you to sprout. Oh that's true. Yeah. yeah. And it's it, what you it's guys, a tough job. It's a tough weed. It is. If I can it call is. it a weed because mm-hmm, sometimes seem they're they're like trees. They are trees. Yep. And mm-hmm. uh, if you're wondering what, what what it looks if you're wondering if you have buckthorn Wait, right? You guys have taught me this. Mm-hmm. Wait till fall, wait mm-hmm. till winter, and w- w- the last thing that's still green yep. is usually It doesn't corn. turn colored. The yeah. leaves stay green the whole, yeah. you know, till they fall off. And that's a good good identification for yeah. bunghorn. Mm-hmm. Teresa, hang on. We're I'm gonna hanging. Remind our <laughs> listeners that we have another half hour of the show to go. So if you missed asking uh, Teresa your question, your lawn and garden question, you still have some time. But don't wait. Call it in, 651-989-9226. Text, uh, text it in, too. 81807. We'll grab both when we return. A reminder that Smart Garden is brought to us every week by our good friends at By the Yard Outdoor Furniture. You stay with us. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney answering your phone calls and your text messages. Uh, so this really is a busy time of year for you folks, It is isn't a it? busy time, yeah. Yeah, like for yep. what? Um, for... There are a lot of groups getting together and planning um, their garden events. So there's a lot of speaking um, that I'll be doing. Um, but there's just a lot of, you know, garden expos and garden days. And so if you're wanting to to learn about gardening stuff, just check and, go, check and see what's going on in your local area. Because a lot of the master gardener groups and a lot of the garden clubs are doing events. Good. Check it yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. You bet. I see one line open, Teresa, 651-989-9226. Let's talk to Luke, who's calling from Ham Lake. Luke, you're on CCO with Teresa. Hi, Luke. Good, mo- good morning. Thank you for digging my call. Mm-hmm. Question for you. Got a, got a uh, Honeycrisp apple tree and it's some type of a cherry tree. I can't remember what kind planted both of them about five, six years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, not really bearing any fruit, so just wonder if you have any recommendations. It's got a good sun for a good, good portion day, kind of a southeast exposure. So, okay. Um, so I don't know. I'm just kind of wondering yep. what your, your thoughts are. Um, so when you planted it, was do you know if it was a dwarf, a semi-dwarf, or a full-grown apple? Do you know what the rootstock was? You know, that's a great. I don't know. Okay. No. Okay. No problem. And another question is, um, do you see it flowering? I mean, it does flower. Obviously does flower. not now, but when it flowers. No. Okay. Yep, yep, and flower. are, do you have another apple tree within, say, half a mile, or do you have any um, any uh, crab apples within half a mile? Well, I did plant a crab apple tree okay. in my front yard as well, and okay. that, that's the, that's more shade. So that's not flowering as well, or okay. not, not growing so much as well. But, yeah, I'm sure there are other apples around, but not okay. my yard. Okay, so with with an apple crisp, um, with a honey crisp, you, with any apple, you need a different apple to cross-pollinate to get apples. Oh, so okay. that will be one of the problems that you may be seeing. Um, you also may not be getting enough pollinators in. So you need to try to figure out how you can attract some more pollinators, grow some early flowers, grow some really late flowers. Those pollinators used to come into Luke's house for for um, breakfast, dinner, and supper, and they'll they'll <laughs> hang out up your app at, at, on your apple tree too. Um, 
and and also with the Honeycrisp, if it's flowering, it's probably a dwarf or a semi-dwarf. Your dwarf ones, your dwarf apple trees usually start producing three to five years. Your um, semi-dwarfs, five to seven, and then your full-growns don't produce till about 10 years old. Okay. Um, So so that could be it. And I know Honeycrisp are notoriously slow about coming into maturity and slower to just get their apple production going. So, But if you're seeing the flowers, that's good. And if you know there's other apple trees and crab apples in the same area that are flowering, then you try to want to, want to get your pollinators in. And if the weather's good, the pollinators will be flying. The weather has to be really good for honeybees. Um, lots of the other pollinators will be out in some of the rain and some of the cool stuff. But even that knocks them back a little bit. Wonderful. Thanks so much. You bet. Good Th- luck, Luke. Thank you, Luke. Luke leaves uh, that line open, 651 651- Nine eight nine nine two two six. We'll pick up on some text messages in a moment. But Wayne is calling from St. Paul with a question. Good morning, Wayne. Hi, Wayne. Good morning. I have what I think is a corn plant. Sure. Um, and it's in a pot about, I I guess about a foot deep mm-hmm. and a foot wide, and the tree is a tree plant mm-hmm. uh, is about a foot high. Now the leaves are starting to burn up on the outer. Mm-hmm. Parts of the leaves. Yep. So I'm wondering if the fertilizer, do we yep. uh, make a bigger pot? No, it does. And... It won't need a bigger pot. Um, what okay. you what you want to make sure you're doing is um, either either use use like a distilled water or or let your water sit out overnight. Lots of our plants are really susceptible to the chlorine and the other things in our tap water. So that sure. will cause a lot of burning on a lot of the leaves. Um, and, okay. and it can take full sun, so it should be able to be, you know, in your sunniest window. Don't be fertilizing it unless it's actively growing. And then you okay. may you may want to do a half-strength fertilizer um, to see how it reacts to that. But I'm thinking what you're seeing is is some of the brown, the coal, the uh, dry air that we have in our houses in the winter, that will also dry up those leaves. So if you can set it on a pebble tray, get a bigger mm-hmm. tray, put some pebbles on it, set the pot on that pebble tray, and then fill the pot, the, the pebble tray with water. The water is not going to be able to wick up into the plant, but it will evaporate around the plant. And, and that will help that be a little more humid in that area for the plant. And then do do try to use either let the water sit out overnight so that chlorine can evaporate or use distilled water or something like that. Um, that may help the leaves, too. Distilled water will be. Thank you so much. Okay, right, thank Wayne, you. Thank mm-hmm. you Bye-bye. very much. Uh, 651-989-9226 is the phone number. Text number is 81807. Texter says, please talk about how to winter sow in an unheated greenhouse. Oh. Hmm. Hmm. Well, you know, I would plant, you You just sow your plants as normal. Um, if it gets really hot in there during the daytime, I don't think this is going to work very well because it may cause the plants to come out of dormancy too early. If the greenhouse stays cold, like frozen during the daytime, you could easily winter sow. Then you can just, you know, put your put your little containers, um, your your milk jugs or whatever. You want to keep the soil moist. You don't want it to dry, dry out. So you want to keep it moist. Um, it can freeze, but it has to stay moist. You don't want it to thaw and then dry out. So, so with a greenhouse, it might get too warm in there to winter sow. So I would kind of double check and see. Um, you can check that um, if you don't know if you don't have a thermometer out there. Um, take a take a something froze with a, like a little um, water bottle 
you know, an inexpensive uh, water bottle. Get it half empty and then lay it down on its side and let it freeze solid on its side. Then the next day, stand it up and wait like a week. If you find that it has melted, or if, then, then you know your greenhouse is going to be too warm. If you find that the, the uh, ice is still frozen and it's still upright on just one side, it hasn't melted and refrozen, then you know that you're, you've kept it at a freezing temperature and then you can go ahead with winter sowing. Very good. Good luck. All right, let's see. What else? I removed, Texter says, two pines that had died from a virus. What can I plant in that area this spring, do you think? Oh, um, any, you know, any deciduous plant, uh, any deciduous tree that loses its leaves would be just fine. Um, and, and just always look up to make sure that there's no wires overhead. You can go to the extension site, extension.umn.edu, for some great ideas of tree selections um, and plant what you like. And if you're not really sure what you want in there, um, what I would do is let, let the soil sit for a year. You know, maybe throw some compost over there. Head out to the Arboretum in the summertime. Look at those plants. Go out in the fall and see what the plants are doing. Go out in the spring. See what those trees are doing. See what trees speak to you. Um, and, and then you can get a really good idea of how big they are, what they look like all season, and then you know that what tree you can plant then afterwards. And when you do decide to plant the tree, uh, make sure that you're planting it um, so the roots are very close to the surface, if not at the surface. Uh, you tra- plant the right tree in the right spot. The smallest tree that will make you happy will adjust the most quickly, um, and and just go from there. Um, if you if you're going, and then you're going to have to keep watering that tree. So say you plant a little uh, three year old tree, you really have to take care of it for like five years. If you plant a big bald and burlap tree, you're going to be needing to give it lots of water for about nine or ten years, wow. just because it takes that long to come back. So so you you want to plant the smallest tree you can that will make you happy. It will grow nice and quickly. And then just make sure you're planting the right tree in the right spot. Master Gardener Teresa Rooney in studio today helping us out on our Smart Garden Show. Uh, we're going to get back to the phones, Teresa, but we've got a ton of text messages Excellent. as well. And this texter may need a copy of your book. Okay. okay. I'll, I'll tell you well, what's go it? to the wild ones. I'll be at the conference next week. Next and I'll week? be signing my book up. And the there. title of the book is? Is uh, Complete Guide to Humane Critter Control by Teresa Rooney. Okay. And yeah. I'll tell you why this person might need the copy. <laughs> Here's what he or she says. I can see demon rabbit traps in the snow. <laughs> Anything I can do now to deter them, I am not thinking, quote, kind thoughts. <laughs> A regular listener of this, he or she says. Totally understand that, yeah. yes. So, you know, fences. Fences, that's, that's put up still your best, chicken wire. Yeah. Um, you can use some of the smelly repellents with the cold weather. You're going to have to reapply them more frequently, change them up. So maybe one time you use the garlic a few times in a row, then the next time maybe you use um, something that's a little um, different fragrance like rotten eggs or something. Um, that'll, that should work. Like um, I told you, the friendly trapper many years ago said mm-hmm. uh, bacon grease. Rabbits hate, well, I don't know how many people have bacon grease mm-hmm. laying around. Mm-hmm. But uh, he uh, used to claim uh, rabbits, like you said, eat mm-hmm. at a 45 degree angle. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they don't like bacon grease. Okay, but I bet uh, raccoons would. You know what? <laughs> and what? so will the neighborhood dogs. <laughs> you know what? There's a good And point. your possums. <laughs> You're trading one problem for another. Yeah. All right, let's go back to the phone, okay. Teresa. Peggy is calling from Chisago. Let's see. Peggy. There she is. Hi, Peggy. Hi, Peggy. Hello. Uh, we we have a Harrelson um, apple tree, mm-hmm. and in 2016, it was covered with blossoms and apples. Mm-hmm. And um, that was the first year. It's not a real big tree yet. Mm -hmm. And then in 2017, it had nothing. Yep. And we thought maybe it had just worn itself out. Mm -hmm. 
but somebody told us that there is a cedar tree right not too far from mm-hmm. the apple tree, mm-hmm. and that would keep it from blossoming or bearing fruit. Okay. Um, the cedar tree won't do that. It, it would be an alternate host for cedar, cedar apple rust, which is something totally different, and it would go from one tree, from the cedar tree one year into the apple tree the next year. Um, so, so that's totally different. It's a nothing. But what you what your first thought was was that the tree got tired is exactly right. It's it's so the tree used so much energy the first year to produce that fruit that the next year there's not that much energy left, so it has to build up reserves again. Apple trees really get into this every other year cycle. But there's something you can do. There are a few things you can do to break the cycle. What you do is the year that it produces a lot of fruit, you really cull that fruit way back. You're not going to want all that fruit anyway. You need to trim them back so that you don't have like big a big clumps of you know five or six apples. You want just one king apple. So you want to prune that fruit so you have an apple every six to ten inches. Anyway, that's what you want to do. And then um, the year that it is producing a lot of fruit, maybe give it a little extra fertilizer. And then every year that it does produce a lot of fruit, you just cull that fruit. And then the ne- that gives it more energy for the next year. Um, and if you don't do that, it will go into the every other year cycle. That's totally normal for an apple tree. It's nothing to worry about. It just is what it is. Um, but you can, you can kind of trick it a little bit by helping it produce less one year and um, then kind of even it out a little bit. All right, Teresa, we have to take a quick okay. break. Reminding our listeners, Smart Garden is brought to us every week by our friends at By the Yard Patio Furniture. By the way, you're going to see them, and I hope you do. We're going to be there, too, next weekend visiting the U.S. Bank Stadium. I missed, of course, the big game, but we get to go to the Home and Remodeling Show next weekend. Of course, By the Yard is going to be there as well. And it's a Midwest company, if you're not familiar with it, founded by a family, four families like yours, American-made Talk about earth-friendly. This patio furniture, very substantial, is really made by the art of front-runner. And I'm talking about plastic milk jug. You think, how can that furniture be made out of plastic milk jug? Believe me, it is very substantial furniture, and you can keep it for years. You're not going to have to keep replacing it every three or four years like some folks do with their patio furniture. They've got gliders. They've got so many different styles. And I hope you stop by the Home and Remodeling Show at U.S. Bank Stadium this coming weekend. And check out By the Yard. Of course, they're going to be at the other home and garden shows as well. I'm going to give you a toll-free number. If you want that catalog, we just got ours in the mail at home. Beautiful catalog. Shows you all the colors. 877-220-0448. Call and request that catalog. Uh, if it's it easier to get on the web, you can do that too. Buytheyard.net. Again, call them. It's toll-free. 877 0448. They're great folks down in Jordan, Minnesota. It's called By the Yard. A few clouds, see some sunshine out there. Zero is our Twin City temperature reading on our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Why don't you give that the website of the UMM again? Uh, Extension.umn.edu. Excellent resource. Excellent. And you, you know, if you can't remember that, just UMN. So apples, UMN. Yeah. You know. Bug, good. You know, bug problem on clematis, UMN. Shoot you right there. Shoot you right there. All right, back to the phones we go, Teresa. George is calling from Delano with a question. George, you're on CCO with Teresa. Hey, George. Good morning, Teresa. Good morning. I have about a 40-year-old mountain ash that is dying piece by piece. Mm-hmm. 
and it has a large sucker coming up from the side that's about eight feet tall already. Mm -hmm. If I can remove the main tree, would that be good to leave that grow? You certainly could do that. You'd give it a try. Um, it, it would be fine. Uh, d d do you know why your ash is declining? Do you... I've been told that that's about their life expectancy yeah, in this yeah. area. So, so I would—that's uh, what I was thinking too. They're—they're they're not a super long-lived tree, no matter how beautiful they are. Um, I would give it a shot because even if you only get yourself another ten or twelve years, you'll have more ten or twelve years to still enjoy that beautiful mountain ash, and it'll be part of the the original. So, yes, do do. I would probably have an arborist take it down because it's a big tree, and you don't want to wreck the sucker that's there. And they would know how to prune it properly um, to to minimize the rot that's going to be setting into that stump. But yeah, I would I would definitely give it a try. And good luck. All right, George. Thank you. Uh, Katie is next, calling from uh, New Prague, I believe. Go ahead, Katie. Good morning. Hi, Katie. Good morning. Um, yeah, we have a maple and ash tree in our front yard, um, an autumn maple, and mm -hmm. then we had an elm in our backyard, and we have pretty fierce winds here in the summertime with mm -hmm. storms. It's backs up onto a marsh. Mm -hmm. And of course, I want diversity in my yard. Yep. And um, so what kind of variety produces a strong, or is, do we want a strong tree for one? I would like an oak to have different colors in the fall, but my mm -hmm. husband says they take too long to grow. You know, so what would you suggest? Yeah, that's, that's a, because oaks are such a long lived tree, everybody thinks they take a long time to grow. They do take a long time to get you know, you know, 150 feet tall or 100 feet tall, but they're going to put on when they're when they're first planted. They're going to put on three to four to five feet of growth. You know, a year, so they do grow fairly quickly. You know, um, the swamp oak, the white oak, would be an absolutely fantastic um, addition, and that is the oak tree that can bring in like uh, 500 different varieties of of the insects, like the butterflies. And, and things like that in the moths. It it can support 500 different species, so it's amazing. That tree is an amazing one. And I would say if you have the room, a swamp oak or a white oak, it's called, would be absolutely fantastic. All right, good. Thank you for planting diversity. Very good. Thanks, Kitty. Uh, Texter says, dwarf fruit trees, are they viable in Minnesota? And yes. if so, when should I plant them, and do you have any suggestions? Um, um, most of the most of the fruit trees that you'll see for sale in the garden centers are going to be dwarf fruit trees. They are very viable. Make sure that you're either getting the ones for Zone 4 or Zone 3, depending on where you are in Minnesota. Um, any variety that you will like uh, works just fantastic. Uh, if you're doing apples, make sure that you get two different varieties or that you get um, it can pollinate from somebody else in the neighborhood, something else in the neighborhood. Um, and whatever makes you happiest, spring is a great time to plant those trees. Um, you can also buy them online. Uh, bare root uh, is a wonderful way to go, too. Okay, very good. Texter says, I have a few lilac bushes along the back lot line that have not been pruned for years. They're about six to seven feet tall and about that round. They still do bloom, not as much as they mm -hmm. used to. How much should we trim them or should they be replaced? Um, don't replace them. That's the first thing. You, you have uh, two, three options. You can just let them go, no problem. Um, you can do a renewal pruning where you take out a third of a third of all the branches over the course of three years, and you would do that at this time of year. You also have the option of cutting them right down to the ground, and then you won't see flowers for about two to three years. Um, if you do the renewal pruning, you will still see flowers. You'll bring the height of the plant down, and eventually those flowers will be more at your level. 
If they're getting less sun, you're going to get less flowers. If, however, the sun situation is a full sun and that's not changing, then then you'll have a lot of flowers. Um, go to the extension.umn.edu and click on the garden tab and look up renewal pruning. That works for a lot of your bushes to bring those big old bushes back into a new, smaller, healthy life. Very good. Let's go back to the phones, Teresa. Judy is calling from uh, White Bear Lake. Go ahead, Judy. Hi, Judy. Hi. Nice to hear you. Thanks. Uh, I have a quick question. Um, I have a large, high white pine. Mm-hmm. My problem is nothing will grow under its span, including mm-hmm. grass. Right. Is, is there anything I might be able to do to to uh, get some grass to grow under there? You know, um, grass is a full sun plant, so that's part of the problem. And the fact that the pine has a fibrous root system that's really close to the surface, and it takes a lot of the nutrition and a lot of the... Um, the moisture out of the soil, so the pine is is enjoying what's under there. Also, your pine creates like an umbrella, so not that much moisture will get down to the soil. And what does get down there is the pine roots are going to get. So what I would suggest is, you know, um, if try to make more of a, you can make more of a demarcation and, and just let that pine have its area. Um, otherwise, if you want something green under there, you may want to put in a soaker hose and then singly plant some hostas or some shade plants under there. Um, there, uh, the arboretum, no, no, the university has a book, the best plants for thirty tough sites, and under that is one for dry shade. You can do things like epimediums and ginger and things like that. That could create some green under there, more toward the outside, not right up by the trunk. And again, I would probably put in a little compost for each hole that you plant and put out a soaker hose and just leave the soaker hose like be under the needles and the wood chips and just leave it out there, you know, 24-7, 365 days a year, just hook it up in the summertime. And that extra water would help the pine too. But grass under the pine's probably not going to work that well. Sorry. All right. Tell you what, let's grab a text or two before we run okay. out of time. Uh, I'm ready to give up on a trumpet vine on the west side of the house, Texter says. It is four years old with good foliage, but no flowers. Gets lots of sun, but rather poor soil. It's a baby. Ah. Give it time. Give it time. Um, you know, five to seven years, you'll probably start seeing it bloom. And another and don't one. don't fertilize it. Don't fertilize no. it. Okay. We have about a minute to go. I bought, I'm sorry, brought in Amanda Villa to winter. I trimmed uh, them six to seven inches. What else can I do so they bloom in the spring? Thank you. Just keep it um, well watered, uh, keep it, give it as much sun, and then get it used to being outside. Once it starts growing again, give it some extra fertilizer. And a semi-dwarf apple tree, a texter says, what's his lifespan, if you know that? Ours are 12 years old and look terrible. Yeah, 15 to 20 is for most of the fruit trees. I've contacted Extension Service twice. They haven't got back yet. Black walnut trees are near. Could that be causing a trouble? Oh, yes. Big trouble. Yes, black walnuts and apple trees do not go well together. All right, I'll tell you what, and we appreciate all your expertise as usual, Teresa. Thanks thanks so Thank much you. for coming in today. Uh, again, for those uh, folks who have yet to check out, I mean, it's a tremendous, you talk about being, gardeners being excited about yeah, the spring. Yeah, yeah. Get to the university's website. If mm-hmm. you have questions about trees, maybe anything. you want anything. Anything, yeah. What's the website? Extension.umn.edu, and thank you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.